Here we go. We're recording now. Mike, we'd like to do the introduction? Sure, sure. Thank you, everybody. Uh, this is the Rocker Mike and Rob Presents podcast, new show we're doing. Why we're going to bring in interesting people to do interviews and talk about all different kinds of stuff. And I'd like to introduce somebody here. His name is Gustavo Lapis Ahumada. Hello. Did I say that right? Yeah. Close enough? Okay, close enough. Okay. Um, this gentleman here is, uh, he's been around for a long time on the New York City goth scene. Uh, he was in a band called Bitter Grace. I, I shouldn't say past tense because Bitter Grace still exists. Yes. Okay, yeah. it's just kind of... Dormant for now. Hiatus right now. Right. Okay. Uh, he's also the, he was the singer of that band. He's also the singer of the Witch Kings, which play around quite regularly now. Um, tell a little story quick is, is I ran into him over at the uh, Blackthorn 51 show that the Witch Kings were doing a couple weeks ago. They were opening for uh, Bobby Steele and the Undead. And uh, I got to tell you, I was, I was really pretty blown away. Thank pretty you. blown away. Thank I, and I don't get blown away easily. I see a lot of bands, and I see shit, and I see good stuff. And you guys were good. Thank right? you. Thank uh, you. In fact, I was sitting there with my wife and, and Tristan, the bass player for The Undead, and we both looked at each other and were like, this guy's good. And I realized when I was watching you, I said, I think I know this guy, but I couldn't place it. And after you guys played, you did a great set. Um... We talked for a couple of minutes, and I told you I had a podcast, and we bullshitted for a few minutes. But it was the second conversation we had that you told me that you were the, the singer of Bitter Grace. Right. And I, I, I remember Bitter Grace from early 90s, okay? Places like The Bank. Um, the Bank, yeah. Right, and places like the Pyramid Lounge, okay? Pyramid Club. And... Uh, these were goth music spots yeah. in, in New York City that it's a bygone era, man. I mean, I think that shit's changed a lot, you know? Sadly. 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 Um, but, you know, you're still going along, and, and, and I like that. Um, the Witch Kings were a little more rock and roll yeah. than, than, you know, your usual goth thing. Yeah. But let's just get into, uh, let's get into this. Um, now, you're from Argentina originally, yes. Yes. okay? And you moved to New York City. When was that? I'm going to say about 72, 73. Okay, wow. so you've been here for a while. You've been here for a yeah. while. Okay. Um, you grew up in Queens, maybe? Or? Yes. Yeah, okay, Okay. cool, cool. I'm from Queens, too. All right. All right. Why is Queen, why is Queen all, all my life? Why do so many Latinos go to Queen? Like, like people from Argentina, because, Colombia, like, it's always amazing. Because like, we love our Latinos in Queens. No, but I mean, it's just so <laughs> weird. It's, it's a, just a real versatile, like in Jackson High, you got yeah. the Indians on this side, you got the Colombia here, you got Mexico, you got Ecuador. It's amazing. Well, like, I, I and think, then you also got yeah. Koreans. Flushing. Yeah, Flushing Chinatown is bigger than the Chinatown here. Yeah. All right. Um, Queens is very diverse. It's it's always been that way. Yeah. For yeah. many 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 years, and uh, there is a big Latino pop- population. Yeah. I think a lot of that's too. The there's a lot uh, less population density if you compare it to Brooklyn. Oh yeah. Okay. You know? Oh absolutely. Mm-hmm. And wow. all that being said, it makes it more attractive. And then you have people coming in, and Queens has always been very open to, to immigration and yeah. immigrants. So, yep, it's always going to be changing. It's always been like an effect. So. Yeah, I think yeah. I think I think um, Queens was probably more uh, 
diversified any other neighborhood, even back then. I would say yeah. so. Because New York, like with you in Miami, it was very, you know, it was very, you had your Latino and certain places. You had, you had here and there, the, different yeah. things, yeah. But it was a majority, a lot of white people running the city, pretty much. And then that thing happened in the 80s with crime and crack and pimps, and everybody started taking over. Like, yes. I grew up in Hell's Kitchen, and it was really bad. But, it, you know, why as a kid, I never thought it was bad. Well, back, was in, the, back in the thing. day, if you lived in Queens... What you had to worry about the most was getting your car stolen. It was it was it was the capital of, of stolen cars, at oh, least yeah. in New York City. Yeah, more more than any other borough. You know? Or at least your hubcaps. Your hubcaps. <laughs> hubcaps. Yeah, or your, or your whole big. freaking yeah. car. Hubcaps yeah, definitely. And radio. Oh, radio. Oh, yeah. <laughs> stereos. Yeah, I had a few stereos stolen. So that sucks. Let's find out a little bit more about you. You're yeah. you're a rocker. You're a musician. How how has the business changed when you started to now? Because it's a very different business. Uh, I can honestly tell you that it's taken live music as a whole has taken a huge hit. I think the internet. Yeah, a lot of it has to do with social media. True, you know? true. Uh, you know, I think at first MySpace and then when uh, Facebook first starts. To I, I like, like MySpace. Yeah, I love it too. <laughs> MySpace was great for yeah. musicians. It, yes, it was. It was. It was a great network tool. Yeah. yeah. But then something occurs where people start going, "Why go to the show?" When I can just see their videos the, on YouTube, put the song out there, and, and all that stuff, and then all of a sudden, people just decide to be lazy. Just you know, why go out? We have all this stuff. Yeah. I mean, look, back in the day, remember what do you have? Well, you had maybe like a couple of channels on TV. Yeah, you had like there was nothing, right? there was nothing yeah. to do. You had to go out. No, you had do. Channel Eleven, Channel Nine, Seven, Two, and Four. And 13, and you were smart. And, and then um, 41 and 47. And Channel J. <laughs> and Channel J, yeah. Robin Bird Show. Robin Bird. <laughs> wow, I no, you're right. I, you know, and in those days, there were a lot of venues to play, which unfortunately... Yeah. I missed that. Yeah, today playing. you just don't have these venues. Um, but you started Bitter Grace in 1985. Yeah. And it's still the longest-running goth act in New York at this point. Yeah. Um, what... What got you into goth music specifically? What's your musical background as far as bands? Yeah. So it's funny because as a little kid, I grew up more listening to like disco and Santana, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then I meet this interesting woman and she gets me into Prince. Ironically, what's happening playing right now. Yeah, yeah. oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> but then I meet this really incredible woman afterwards and she introduces me to like you two. And before I know it, here I'm like going down this rabbit hole of alternative music. And of this course, is the early 80s kind yeah, of? Yeah, early 80s. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I'm listening to, you know, the Mission UK. I'm going to a club for the first time, yeah. and I hear the Sisters of Mercy. Bauhaus. And I'm like, Bauhaus. And I'm like, listening to it, I'm going, oh my God, this is exactly what moved me. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I realized that the music that I was playing starts changing. So it's just... I like this riff better than that riff, and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden, before I know, I'm just kind of going down this whole dark path. Wow! Yeah, okay. Okay. wow, that's yeah. incredible. That well, you know, incredible. the whole thing about music is you why have you to evolve. Dark, why are you calling it dark path? Well, dark as opposed to you know dark, uh, more like that goth dark. Yeah, yeah. Not in, like a, dark, in a in a gothic yeah. way, not, not an to, evil yeah. way. Yeah, uh, okay. I got you. You know, people here. No, no, no. The whole black mask thing with the goats—that's just a rumor. No, you're not into Oh my God. We're not drinking, no. <laughs> Ice water. So, um, how was it playing your first show at CBGB's? How was that? How was that experience? That well, was first of all, uh, that was back in around 86. 86, right. Yep. yep. And, you know, as a band, as a musician, the 
the recordings you used to get from the board. They were fantastic, right? The drums alone yes. were studio quality. They were so, they were amazing in that. So place. if you Sound like quality. did a set, uh, set there, and like everyone did the song right, you literally had a recording that you could like you make could put out. And it was yes. fan- I mean fantastic. The quality of yep. the sound, and of course, you know, aside from that, you have the the, the heritage. The history of it, you know, you're you're on a stage that all these other great bands have been part right, of, you know. Right. And you know what's really sad at the time, you're not thinking about it, because you're playing there and it's great, but it doesn't occur to you. This place is eventually going to close. No, I never thought it would. I, I uh, and, and it does. It I just seemed like it was going to be there. I couldn't be the only thing about it. I don't know what happened with Hilly with that, you know. I mean, he was a good businessman for a long time, but I don't, I don't know what, what happened in the end there. Well, no you got to stay on top of your game. The, the city really wanted it to close because of the hotel upstairs. It had a lot to do with it, I think. But you, you know what it was also? The, the, you know what it was? And I hate to say it. Like, it's almost like what he said. You go to, a lot of people don't go out to venues no more. It's weird. Like you got to have like yeah. a really full-packed show to get like a full house. You got to pay with other people. To be honest, yeah, you, you got a point because to be honest with you, like by the early, early 2000s, like 2002, 2003, I would go to CB's for something, yeah. okay? And it, it really wasn't as crowded as it was no. in the past. The, when they announced that it was closing, it was packed. It was all the time. packed. Of course, and they made they made, feeling guilty they, made a ton, they made a ton of money in the end. There, and I went to f- a few of those last shows. Uh, in the, you know, one of the last things that CBGBs had done was like when Joey Ramone died in two thousand and one. I had taken off from work because I knew Hilly. Okay, I used to go to the hardcore shows and the matinee shows and stuff on Sundays, and he knew me when I was like 14, 15 years old. And when, when, when Joey had died, I had gone there and I was like, you know, you need any help, whatever, you know. And I took a few days off from work and I was just kind of helping him do shit around the club. But, you know, I was noticing there's nobody here, you know, at these shows. And you're right, because it was really like beginning of that whole just put everything on the internet and stuff. And that's destroyed live music in New York, you know. They look like um, even Fish right now. Fish, you could get a live stream to all the shows. Yeah. You pay a membership for a year. On their website. And on the website. Yeah. I'm like, who the hell want to see them all the time? I'd say yeah. them like six times once a year. You get enough for me. Well, yeah, it's part of the whole mentality. Like, kids rather watch a movie on a laptop. They go into a movie theater. Yeah. And, but they don't realize that that's a whole different experience altogether. The seeing movie, it in the movie. Just like seeing a band live. It's not the same thing. Watching it on a little screen is yeah. just nothing. You know? I gotta tell you, me going to see Avengers Endgame in the movie is such mm-hmm. different. Like, it's, it's the sound, it's the 3D, it's the shit coming yeah, out. It's like, you get like a whole different experience that you would never get it in, like, in a house. No matter what, and the sound is just so much better in the movies. I don't understand why people don't. I love going to movies. It's a loss of experience when yeah. you don't do yeah. that. And the same thing with live bands, you know, and uh, it's heartbreaking. It really yeah. is. It really yeah. is. Well, let's, let's, uh, let's get into a bit of grace a little bit here for a minute. Um, you had a couple of tracks that, that stood out for me. One was um, a song called Fever. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah and, and what stood out for me is that it was the topic of it was the, the Tompkins Square riots in 88. And I was living right over here on 10th Street yeah. between 1st and 8th, yeah. so I remember them. Okay? So you, remember, you remember the 
the tents, the tents. Yes, city tent, tent cities. Yeah. yeah. Yep. The the fence going up. Yep. 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 And, and the cops uh, coming in, taking their badges yep. off and banging heads. <laughs> and remember the battle cry: charge the fence. Charge the fence. Charge the fence. Charge wow. the fence. That's right. I forgot about wow. that. Yeah. yeah. What a fucking. You know what that ride was? That really like the fucking. They went in there to. They took down everything. It was like. Holy it was shit, the beginning. It was, it was the beginning of the end of here because it really was the start of gentrification. Oh yeah. NYU wanted these buildings. They wanted the squatters out. NYU wanted them for for you know the, the, the school and dorms out of them and stuff and. The city, well, the city wasn't having it anymore with the right. homeless in, in, in Tompkins. Also, too, remember, like, you know, you have all these yuppies at yeah. the time. The yuppies, that was the thing. That yeah, was the word. Hipsters, that was the word. Like it was that. yuppies, hipsters. It was they yuppies. come in, they buy right around the park. Yep. They're like, oh, we're getting really low. And then you get enough of them. They're like, well, now we, since we're property owners, we gotta get these you know, here. we want values to go up. So yeah. what's, what's yeah. the next Pro- level? Protect our investment. Yeah, whatever so they, they got were the doing. poor people out. Yeah. Oh, man, and they did it very, they, they did it in horrible they, they, ways. They did it, yeah. I hate to say that. My uncle got a job cleaning up building, and they would pretty much throw everybody out and then yeah. cement the whole fucking building, and then these guys would make these apartments. Like, an what average apartment in this neighborhood now costs about $2,000 for a box. Yeah. It's insane. For a two-room kind of so thing. That's people, all hyper-demand to be in yeah. New York City. Yeah, that's and all it, that's all it is. And, but the problem is, if you notice what's happened around the world, even in, what's happened in the whole United States, places that are affordable are now becoming not that affordable. It's getting right. worse. Right. Even, like, in, even in the Midwest and places yeah. like Kansas City, you're seeing that, too. It's yeah. like they, they, they gentrify for a couple of years. And now it's through the roof. I know yeah. because my mother lives out there, but it's just crazy, you know? New Pretty soon it's just going to be rich rich and poor, man. Yeah, know? oh yeah, it's going to get really dicey like that, you know? Yeah. The whole middle class is... Uh, there's no middle class. Yeah. No, not in New York, <laughs> yeah, there's no middle it's class. It's diminishing, sadly. They, pu- they pushed us out. I mean, I'm, I'm hanging on by a thread. I mean, I, I work for Verizon, and, you know, I barely make enough anymore to, to pay my my rent you know it's ridiculous you know what's funny one of, your song is like one of the few songs about the riot you know there's not too many songs about the riot yeah, not well not, not in not in the god genre not in the god genre not, not in the god yeah. genre but, but, but in the punk few. genre there's a few yeah. Yeah. Uh, hardcore bands and stuff you know touched on it but it's a, I thought you would think there would be more because that was no. like such a big impact and such a it was like a revolution almost like, it, oh it, shit it, these guys it but was it, was a, it was a failed revolution because yeah. they won in the end they yeah, did. they knew they were going to win anyway. I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean, everybody... Look, I mean, they were throwing toilet bowls off the roofs at cops. I mean, you, yeah. you, when you start doing stuff like oh, that, you it. know it they... It works against you. It works against you, but... Oh, man, you that know. was fucking crazy. Now, <laughs> you, uh, you put out an album with Bitter Grace called God in the Abyss in uh, 1997, I believe, yeah, right? that's an interesting okay. title. Um, yeah, talk about the title. How'd you come up with that? You know, it all has to do... Um, you know, as an artist... It's weird. It sounds really like uh, egotistical, but as a true artist, you know, you're not supposed to listen. You're supposed to appreciate what people think about your music. Yeah. But you're not supposed to listen to it. It's a huge difference. It really is an art form where it's between you, the creative process, and then whatever comes after. God in the abyss, right? Uh, So, because look, otherwise, you know, it's like. Oh, my! This song is not selling. This style is not selling. Maybe I should do rap because I want more people to no. like me. No, no, no. You can't do that. No. No. You got to be. You got to stay true to what you want to do. The voice inside. Right. And that's what I, that's all about. That connection between God and the abyss, and it's just you in the middle. 
This rumor is that in 2020 you might get back with Bill of Grace. Is, that, is there any yeah. truth to that rumor? Are you guys? Yes, yes. Um, Putting out some new stuff. Or? We're recording a new EP. Okay. Uh, oh, new wow. shows probably uh, mid to late 2020. Uh, managed to uh, get some of the original surviving members, wow. which is right. great. Right, that's really, really good. great. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot. Honestly, it's gonna be bringing back a lot of magic, a lot of old magic. So that's gonna be awesome. Oh wow! Oh, yeah, magic. I like that. <laughs> definitely. Let me definitely. ask: How do you prepare for one of these shows? Like, when you gonna go out there? What's like your preparation? Are you going? Do you meditate? Do you, is it something you do on the day of the show? What do you like to drink? Eat? Is it something that you do before every show that you gotta do? Smoke a joint. Smoke a joint. Well, like, uh, I don't smoke a joint. <laughs> but you know, when I first started, if I had a show, uh, that whole day I'd be like just you know home meditating. You know, with candles, incense, mm-hmm. just finding my space now it's like I have to work like yeah. everybody else <laughs> you know but even then it's like you know uh, you know you start falling to the it happens automatically now like the closer I get to showtime I start my ex-girlfriend calls me a real jerk because she's like he's turning into a jerk again and I'm like you know basically it's like it's your game face no you well, turn into you, a performer well, you, you're going out there and performing well, yeah. you're performing well, you know what it's, it's like it's like another character almost but you know what it's like it's not like I'm like okay I gotta get into my game it's not like it. it's more like there's a full, full moon coming out Ooh. and then you, you, <laughs> and you start and you just start changing like yeah. so the closer you get into showtime you just start becoming this like other person you know or maybe the facade of the person that you are right now right. begins to fall away depending on how you look at it. What was wow. the, the name of the, the Blood Moon? That's a very Blood interesting, Blood yeah. Moon. That's right, a very right, interesting right, right, title. Why? That's a special moon. It doesn't happen all It the doesn't time. happen a yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah. But when it does happen, it raises like, supposedly it raises like people get really, like they go back to like the savage mode. Well, yeah. Primitive mode it's kind fucking, of thing. You know, anytime there's a full moon, yeah. crazy shit happens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, the whole Blood Moon thing, uh, when I first wrote that song, uh, it's supposed to be, it was a very mystical connection yes. to like, primordial magic and energy right. you know so that's where all that energy came from for that EP and that song like the lyrics and stuff like right, that right yeah. right right now um, you you said something about you mentioned to me in your, your bullet points you sent mm-hmm. me that you were raised Catholic but you turned to the mystical arts at age nine just about yeah approximately because of something that happened to you do you want yeah. to talk about that uh, you know, a little lightly, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what happened to you? Basically, I, uh, I had when I first got to this country, uh, I had this weird situation where I had a hole in my face. Right. So uh, it was a medical condition. Yeah. And you can imagine, you know how kids are now; they're so uh, self-conscious. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Like if their clothes don't match, whatever. Yeah, right. right. Imagine if you're a little kid with a hole in your face. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So it was really hard on me. I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't really sure. talk a lot about this. Sure. But 
my mom went to all the doctors, you know, we did everything we could and nothing could happen. And then finally, a family friend goes, you know, you should go see this guy. And it was what they call a palero. Uh, yeah. I don't say which doctor, but more like a faith healer. Yeah, you know? gotcha. And lo and behold, within a week, it was gone. You were healed. Yeah. And wow. I'm like, what is going on here? And then from there, that just kind of like threw me down this whole path. Well, it opened, it opened your eyes to yes. something that was different. And then that was followed by dreams and visions and stuff. And before I knew it, you know, I started just questioning everything around me. Just started really diving into my books and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And I had a neighbor who was uh, a white witch. Uh-huh. And I guess she saw or sensed or something. And she handed me my first set of books, you know. And I was like, and it was just... Very emotional. Very, wow. uh, just an awesome. You know what's funny? I live across the street for a place called um, the Charming, and they have a lot of books. So if you really want to yeah. get that stuff, you can learn a lot of stuff. Me, I always stay away from it. My mother is pretty much. My mother's like a. My mother's Santana. Uh, Santana. My yeah, mother is like she yeah. believes that she got statue of every, of every Same. living saint and stuff. The room and, and and like she's like she smokes cigars. She reads them. So take a coffee cup and read it, mm-hmm. and um, it was very funny. I I talked to my mother the other day because Walter Mercado died. He's like yes, a, a he's like a yeah. huge like yeah. he's a big. If you were yeah. Puerto Rican or yeah. you were yeah. Spanish yeah. kid, yeah. your parents were watching Walter Mercado on Saturday at nine o'clock on channel yeah. forty one or forty whichever channel. And God help yeah. you if you say anything or talk while they're watching. Oh, screaming! Shut the hell up, man! Walter Mercado, I'm not See, 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 that's the one hour where you got silence. Because <laughs> yeah. you will, they will backhand you if you went and talk to now, them. <laughs> my wife, Sandy, is from Haiti. Okay, so she has some some stories, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Maybe you talk to her one day, she should tell you about it. But um, when you started getting into goth mm-hmm. stuff, now you, were you hanging out at, like, say, the Pyramid, the Bank? That's uh, a good place. A, co- a couple of places I used to go to was, like, the Vault. The vault was crazy. Okay, the vault was okay. crazy. The vault was okay. okay. Uh, West Side. West Side, yeah, right? Yeah, the, yeah. the limelight had occasional God Force. stuff going on. And also, I don't know if you guys remember Zone DKs. Oh, Zone DK, of course. Yeah, yeah. okay. Was that, that was 12? up. 12? Nope, nope. It was like 20. I want to say 24, yeah, like yeah, right, yeah. like like right, like around 10th Avenue. Yeah, and, and there was they so would have they, they would there. have live bands in there, but there was some crazy shit going on. Remember, L7 played there. Yes, yes, I think they did. Uh, like me, back in the day, I used to go a lot to like Kenny's Castaway. I would um, also go to um, Continental. You oh, yeah. have I lived have, in Continental. And like Joy, you always see Joy Ramon yeah. hanging out there. I, like, I was always hanging out with Walter Moore and everything, you know. Um, yeah, and I got to tell you, the, I went, I used to go to the Rock and Roll Church on Sunday in yeah. Limelight. Limelight, yeah. And yeah. the first act I ever saw, I saw two acts. I saw Warren play the Rock and Roll Show. Mm-hmm. And I saw Psycho Slut from, from Hell. Hell. Psycho Slut was great. And then somebody, yeah. you know that girl, Raphael? Yeah. She was a singer. So yeah. And I'm like, yeah, oh she my was God, I can't believe Yeah, she that's was, uh, uh, and she's still awesome, by I the way. Fig- yeah. I think, well, she, yeah. what's her name? Queen Vixen, right? I think she was Queen, Queen Vixen. Queen Vixen, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
She and used to bartend at the Ritz. Right. Yeah, yeah. She yeah. also run, she bartends uh, uh, at Bowery Electric. But I'm talking yeah. back during the Cycle yeah. Floods days. She was she would bartend at the Ritz. I remember seeing her there. Uh, she still looks great. Definitely. Yeah. I see her once in a Trash bar too. Oh, trash yes, bar. Trash wow. bar. Right, right. That's going back. Damn. Wow, man. Damn. <laughs> super back on that one. I know. I remember once we did a show at Trash Bar. Oh, and uh, Johnny Depp was there. Bit of grace. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Grace. Wow. And. Uh, you know, he's walking out. I'm just seeing this crazy guy with like a hat on in the back. He's just going nuts. And I'm like, whatever. It's a small venue, you know, whatever. And then I go after the show. I'm having a drink. And the bartender's like, that guy, he really loved the show. And I'm like, well, great, thanks. And yeah. I was like, no, no. It's Johnny Depp. And I was like, oh. oh Depp, Depp, has, Depp has good taste in music. Yeah, usually. yeah. Um, we, we love Johnny Depp. Definitely. Now, you've also delved into uh, to writing. Okay. You, you, you written some books of poetry I understand yeah, yeah. Uh, what made you get into that oh man so originally I had a friend of mine ask me hey you know you're writing all these lyrics don't you think that people would want to know what you're really writing about what, you, what are those lyrics you know a lot of my, my lyrics are pretty intense and some think they're a little obscure or whatever right and I was like yeah maybe so I started writing all that and then halfway through I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to write this because a song or a lyric or a piece of art for that matter, right? It's going to elicit a response that's affected to the individual observing it. So why are you going to change that for someone else? That's your, you're altering their perspective on it. Okay. So I stopped doing that immediately. Hmm. Then I had all the stuff written out in my lyrics. I'm looking at my poetry and I'm like, you know what? I'm like, why don't we do this instead? And yeah. then I spoke to this publishing company, and they're like, yeah, we love the poetry. We love the poems. They're awesome. And, it, you know, we printed it out, and it was great. Uh, let me ask you real quick. Can you give us one that I could show porn? You got something you could give the listener and people? And oh, you got to buy the book. Uh, it's, on, it's available on Amazon. <laughs> you got to yeah, the plug. Yeah, the books are on Amazon. I was going to say that. Yeah. Uh, do you yeah. got something short and sweet? No, I don't. Go on Amazon. Look under "Love Has Fallen." Love has fallen. Yeah. The, the hue and the ghost. Yeah. Death like love. Death. Yeah. Okay. Three That's publications it. by yeah. Gustavo. Available on Amazon.com. Um, I want to talk about the Witch Kings now a little bit. All right. Um, you mentioned that you wanted to go in a little bit more of a rock and roll direction. Yeah. When I saw you that day, um, your, your, your vocal style to me was Peter Murphy. I'm sure you've heard that before. Wow. Okay. Wow. Uh, I'm humbled. Uh, me, me, wow. me, and, me, me and Tristan from The Undead were, were sitting, and there was some moments where you really sounded like him. And we just looked at each other like, oh, shit. Because yeah, I know he likes that shit. Yeah, so, right. So, you know, we were like, wow. And then... Uh, but what I was noticing with the band, and I don't, I don't know if you ever were told this, but you have like a high energy kind of thing to it that reminded me a little bit, a little bit, like Lords of New Church. Oh, I love the Lords. Okay. Wow. That's excellent. I yeah. love them. Yeah. I, I, I mean, vocally, vo- vocally, vocally, I would say no, but... Musically, yeah, you're yeah. doing a little yeah. bit of a Lords of the New Church kind of thing, <laughs> and they're one of my. That's another new thing. I love that band. Man. Stiv Bader's is like, yeah, yeah, holy okay, crap. You know, and, <laughs> and, and, today, are you kidding? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. and, I mean, yeah. Holy War and New Church yeah. and you know, Dance with Me. And, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I can listen to that. I got everything yeah. by them. Um, 
so you kind of, you know, you reminded me of that, and I was like, wow, these, these guys are good, you know? And you had some tracks like uh, uh, Like You, Critical, uh, Into the Throws. Right. Now, you also did very well, I have to say, a cause cover. Oh, yeah, thank okay. you. Which one did, was uh, it? Just, just What I Needed. Just, just What I Needed, needed. Yes. wow. <laughs> and, and they did it straight ahead. Well, you don't have a keyboard player, so it's, right. not, it's not exactly. But I'm afraid of the guitar, oh, the key, the guitar player. He just makes it sound like made it, like a keyboard. Wow. Yeah. technique, yeah. 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 Now, you did one other song as a cover, and I, I was trying to remember what it was. Yeah. Another new wave kind of thing. What Don't was change. It? Don't change. By an excess. By an excess. Oh wow! Right. It's also Holy a cover yeah. that we're recording and re- and releasing it as our EP as well. That's right. Oh, in wow. excess did that, and you guys did it better. I'm yeah. telling you right yeah. now. I'm not Thank a huge. Know, I'm but... not a huge in excess fan, but that song is good, and you do it yeah. better. What's really important about us doing that song? Yeah. Uh, first of all, it's very positive, very up, very high energy, yeah. and it becomes our love song wow. yeah. to all of those that come out to support live music. Yes. That's why you hear me say every time we do that song, this is our love song dedicated to you just for being out yes, here you did say supporting that. live music. And it's sincere. It really is. Yeah. Like, um, I went, me and Mike went to a show. I went to, uh, we went to the Misfit show. Were you at that it. show? No. I oh. gotta tell you. The dam were the, the best. Dam, oh, the dam was fantastic. And I can't believe that Rancid went on before the that the dam well, opened went, up and then Rancid was in the middle. The, 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 the dam should have played a whole. Second, yeah. Well, they should have not had Rancid and played a whole. Yeah. Set. Right. I, yeah. But, I, I, but yeah, I was so impressed by them. That was so. That the was sound so good. was really good. Vanian's vocals. Oh my god. The whole well, water. I saw them at, uh, at Irving and they played like, like in couple 20, months, no, a couple months. Oh, ago. a couple months ago. Right. 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 Fantastic, man. Right. Oh, I love Irving. That's a great venue. Yeah, I, yeah. I saw them in Halloween, like 2013, 2014, at Irving, and they were yes. really good. Um, they, they were always great. But um, so you weren't at that Misfit show, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, your song "Into the Throws." Ooh, where, did, throws, where, yeah. where did you record that? That's a live track. Yeah, that was actually uh, recorded at a studio in Brooklyn with a producer named Howard Walken. Uh, we're actually contemplating about re-recording that with one of my other projects. Wow. It was such a great song. Right. Yeah, but we play it live on occasion with the Witch Kings too, and that, that works well. It's a good okay. song. Now, you have the album Blood Moon yeah. with the Witch Kings. Right. And that's available on Bandcamp? Bandcamp. Dot com? Yep. Okay, cool, cool. Um... Upcoming Witch Kings, you got a new video planned and an EP, EP coming out yeah. next next year. Oh, yeah. Wow, cool. Yeah. cool, great song, really well recorded, Just really really uh, amazing stuff. I mean, yeah. it, it's, wow. I get excited thinking about it. To be honest, you know? <laughs> I'm excited like, hearing about and it. I, yeah, and I, it's hard for me to get like really motivated, yeah. you know. But yeah. these guys, they're great. I got Billy Keith on drums, Ooh. Ralph Coral on bass, right. nice. Manfredo on guitars. Wow. Right. And you've seen them. They're all animals. They're all savages. Like the Yankee Lino. You lost one of your drummers recently, oh. I understand? In the last year? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Avi uh, Berkowitz, from, uh, the, uh, one of the original drummers from Bitter Grace, passed away. Wow. Yeah. Now, when you say the original lineup of Bitter Grace is yeah. going to reunite, what, what is that lineup? Who is that? Well, um, we have Adrian uh, Q. He was on the first recording of... Uh, of uh, God in the Abyss, also uh, Jay Jason, right. uh, he was also on that recording. He's gonna be uh, joining. Um, Esther and Brandon from the second CD, 
uh, Shimmering. Shimmering, yes. They're going to be on. And, uh, That's a good song. Yeah, yeah. Really good song. yeah. I like that song. And uh, Nikki Nicole, she's going to be playing keyboards as well. And she's okay. from, like, you know, just, like, doing shows and stuff. Okay. So uh, that's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. Looking forward to that. And one other thing I know you said you had coming up was um, a new project called Crimson Brulee. Brulee. Yes. Crimson Brulee. What, tell us about that a little bit. Wow. So Crimson Brulee, it's uh, me and Billy, my drummer from the Kings, we decided to do something a little bit different, more melodic, not so much goth, uh, as more of a dark version of maybe what Radiohead and The Cure were doing. Ooh, yeah. So we started to get some like you know new people to do that stuff, and uh, it's coming out really, really good. You know, just like the chemistry is there is fantastic. Right. Um, our first show is going to be December third at uh, Otto's right. for, uh, for a benefit that we're doing. I will, oh yeah, for the uh, oh, suicide for, prevention. Yeah, suicide yes. prevention. Yeah. Um, you were friends with Alex Von Neal, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember when he passed away last year. Um, I didn't know him personally, but I, you know, I knew who he was. You know, yeah. we have a saying in the scene: Alex is the greatest. Yeah, yeah, and he really was. He DJ was warm. Everything, right? He was a DJ. Yeah. Uh, he was a supporter. He came to your shows. You know, one of like the last ones to do with Better Grace, one of the last shows, he was there, and like he knew the lyrics, and you know, you look into the audience and people sing along with you, and you're like, wow, I haven't seen, I haven't felt that energy in such a long time, yeah. that it just sort of revitalizes you, you know, and then he's just a real sweetheart, wow, just a really good person, then when he passed, it was just, you know, I remember hearing about that, it was so yeah. sad to hear wow. about, yeah. um, you know, suicide is a sad thing, it affects so many oh, people. Yeah. Um, I just want to give the, the suicide prevention hotline number. Yep. If anybody wants it, if you need it, please call 1 800 No, no shame. 1 800 273 Talk. That's 1 800 273 8255. Don't be ashamed if you feel like you need to talk to somebody, please call. Yep. All right, um, yeah. I got uh, one more question. When are you guys playing live again, like the Witch King? Yeah. Well, yeah, we're, we might be playing the Red Party in February. Uh, we're not doing any shows until then. We're okay. just going to finish up the EP. We're going to shoot video. Uh, we want to make sure that we do everything right. So we want to take our time. We're going to go through the right. process. Okay. Uh, we're going to try to go as high-end as possible. Make, make sure you get in touch with me. Yeah. yeah. And we will promote it. And yeah, I will we'll probably come to your show. Sure. I should be able yeah, to. I will definitely want to come to that show where you guys do it. And I'm definitely going to promote you. Hit you a lot of, hit you a lot of likes. And just promote you, man. You're like yeah. a great guy, man. You know, and, you know, and anything we could do for live music yeah. and, and the New York City scene to keep it alive, that's that's what we're about. Yeah, um, exactly what it's about. That's what it's about. And, you know, podcasts are the future. This is what we do. Yeah. Right. Everybody now, and we get the word out. We get it to a few, you know, few people, and yeah. everybody, hopefully, you'll get some new people to come out and check yeah, it out. Yeah, we definitely awesome. want people to come and check it yeah. out. Cause you know what? The music is great. It's like real good rock and roll. And it's like music that makes you feel good. After you go see him, you're going to feel great. You're going to be appreciate that you're with your family, your friend, and it's such a good time where you go see this guy play and perform. What do you think, Mike? I agree. And I, I was blown away by him a couple weeks ago. So. Thank you. Yeah, you know, I, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, we're going to do a Conspiracy 420 show, show real soon uh, with Gustavo here. Who he, who he calls himself a UFOologist. I can't that, was, that was the term back and, in the and, day. No, yeah. and, and a ghost hunter. And we're ghost gonna, hunter stay tuned, we're go. going to take a little Woo! break, yep. and we will come back live again with Gustavo. And remember, people, don't, don't get, get drunk, drunk get, get lumped up. up. Have a good one.
appreciate it. How was that? Fantastic. Yeah? Fantastic.